What title do you give yourself? Are you a wife, a mom, a career woman, maybe a combo of all of those? Well, we're really good at finding our worth in our titles. But what happens when those titles shift and change? Who do we become then? Today, we're talking about finding our worth, finding our significance, finding our identity outside of those titles that we're given. Because if you haven't already noticed, our titles are always changing, and that can really set us for a turn, can't it? And we're going to talk about why so many of us, even those of us who have heard about our identity in Christ, why we struggle with believing in the worth that God has given us as His daughters. Such an important topic, so I'm so glad that you are here with me today. Let's get started. Welcome to the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast, a place for practical ideas and powerful inspiration to help you step out of stress and overwhelm and into a balanced life full of peace, purpose, and meaning, the full, vibrant life that God has planned for you. So find a cozy spot and let's get started on today's episode. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast. I am your host, Alicia Michelle, and as a life coach for women, I am here to empower you to create life balance, to cultivate that awesome daily connection with Christ, and to overcome the mindsets that hold you back from becoming your best self. Well, today we're talking about how we have different titles in our lives and how we often find our worth and our identity through those titles, like maybe a mom or an employee or a wife. It's easy to let them define us, and it makes sense because every day we're playing these roles of these people, but we don't really remember a bigger purpose that we might have or a bigger identity until I've found when life shifts and changes. So for example, like um, maybe we are a mom, but we now, one of our children moves out because, you know, they've they've gone off to college or um, unfortunately maybe a marriage splits or has problems and you end up becoming divorced. And so you're no longer a wife or even just something as simple as going through the different stages of motherhood. Like um, I remember when we had our last child and the very last times that I breastfed him, it was just so emotional for me because I knew that this was it, that there weren't going to be any other babies. And it's like, who am I if I am not the that mom that has babies and has diapers and is breastfeeding and and all those things. For me recently, it happened when we were no longer homeschooling, so I could no longer call myself a homeschooling mom. That was my identity for 13 years. That was my passion. And it just was something that the Lord slowly allowed us to see wasn't still a good foot for our family. And so that title left, and I went through this a little bit of this identity crisis. And so this happens a lot, right? We're gaining titles. We're losing these titles. And it's really easy to let those titles dictate who we are. And so we we get ourselves in these situations where we say, well, who am I? You know, what am I? And the real question that we're asking is, what am I worth, right? What is my worth? Who am I outside of these titles? And am I anything outside of these titles? It's kind of a big question that we all have to answer. And if we have come to know Christ and have a relationship with Christ, we can know and say, well, my worth is in Christ right? And that's very true. That's 100% true. Um, There's several, several verses on worth. I want to just share a couple with you right now. Matthew 10, 21 says, don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Like He knows what's going on with every animal in the world, and we are so valuable to Him. Um, Luke 12, 7 says, the very hairs on your head are numbered, so don't be afraid. You're more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Again, kind of echoing that sentiment from Matthew. 
And of course, we can read Psalm 139, which talks about how intimately and and specifically God created each one of us, how He's been so involved in our lives that we can't escape His presence, that we're so special to Him. And yet, here's the big question. Why do so many of us have a problem in allowing the worth that God gives us to be something that runs our life or something that fully fuels our identity? And what I've found over and over is that there are many, many Christian women out there, maybe even you, and I know I've struggled with this from time to time, who are questioning and who just can't really believe. They really just can't believe to the core of their being about their worth, that they have fully, without even realizing a lot of them, wrapped themselves around their identity as a mom or as a wife. And when those things change or shift, this their whole world falls apart, right? And so today, I want to talk about that, that dissonance that happens when our it's like we know in our head that we're a child of God and that our worth is in Him and we don't have to do anything, that we're fully accepted, but yet we find that what we're doing every day shows a different picture or we don't ever feel quite loved enough or we don't feel worthy enough. And, you know, it's just like we make these decisions where we really have to go, well, what is my worth? What is my identity? So it's like I want to talk to you about how, no matter, even if we want to believe these things, why is it so hard for it to sink in sometimes? So we're going to talk about some very core concepts today, and I want to start talking first about the brain, all right? So I have been blessed in my coaching training to learn about an aspect of coaching called neural coaching, and so that is a deep understanding of how our brain plays a part in everything that we do, and specifically how our thought processes play a part in shaping our actions and and how we live our lives every day. And so I want to share with you a little bit about how the brain works to give you some context here so I can kind of help us understand why we sometimes have issues with living in this true worth that we have in Christ and how we can easily get mixed up in that. So we have the two parts of our brain that we're going to talk about first is the prefrontal cortex and the subconscious. So the prefrontal cortex is that part of your brain in the front, right behind your forehead, if you were looking at your forehead right now, that processes all the information that comes in. It's like the thinking center of the brain. And so it takes everything in and it sends it off to the subconscious. And the subconscious is constantly, it's the part in, like the inner part of your brain, being very rudimentary here, of course. But that part of your brain is kind of like the computer storage area where it's running these systems to keep things going. So this is where automatic things like um, breathing and heartbeat and and even things like how to ride a bike, you know, these are all things that are programmed into the subconscious. And the reason why it's programmed into the subconscious is because if the prefrontal cortex handled everything, our brains would literally be taxed. I mean, um, scientists have said that if if the prefrontal cortex handled everything and did not pass off these things to the subconscious, that our brain alone would use 8,000 calories a day just in processing our thoughts, which is amazing to me, right? So the brain is very intelligently designed by God to ha- create these patterns, these, these shortcuts, like think of it like a computer program that's running in the subconscious to streamline, to make things more simple, so that when things come in, the brain is always trying to simplify and to create these systems. And so the brain 
is set up in that way, again, to keep it as streamlined, as simple as possible. And the brain is always also trying to answer three questions about itself, right? Every every story, every one of these programs that have to do with our identity and our worth are answering these questions. Am I enough? Am I loved? And am I accepted, right? And there are these pre-programmed stories or beliefs which basically a belief is simply a thought and an emotion that has been played time and time and time again until it's become this pre-programmed thing in our subconscious. And these beliefs, these stories are based on experiences in our childhood. They're usually based on past experiences. And these stories, many of them are wrapped up around those questions. Am I enough or am I worthy? Am I loved and am I accepted? And where do I get those things from? And so These stories are playing in the back of your mind and in the back of my mind without us even knowing it. And again, these are things that are just running the show behind everything that we do. In fact, 80 to 90% of the actions that we take are run by these subconscious stories. So everything that's going on is like this filter that's coming in. So if we were to have a story, for example, that said, well... I am worthy because I do a good job as a mom taking care of my kids. I, I, you know, I take care of them. Um, That's how I am doing good in my life or, or whatever it is, whatever your, your thing might be. Or you might have these, these stories that are just wrapped up on the things that have happened to you in your past. And these stories are again, filters. And so if that story is up And we say something like, well, you're worthy as a person just because of who you are, not because of what you've done as a mom or as a wife. That is possibly something that we may believe in that prefrontal cortex kind of way, but it's not going to fully sink in if these other stories are running. So this is why we find ourselves one of the reasons why we find ourselves in these dysfunctional relationships where we maybe follow certain rules to get approval or to get attention or why we feel like we're continually having to achieve or to prove ourselves like in a job, right? We're, we're doing something to impress somebody. Why our husbands maybe can't ever tell us how, enough how loved we are because we just don't believe it. We have the story that says, I, you can't love me just for who I am because I had, when I was growing up, I had to perform to be loved or I had to be, you know, look the right way or, or have the right clothes or do something to, for people to really acknowledge me and to show me that I'm loved. Or maybe why self-care feels selfish, right? And it's something that um, just feels like we shouldn't do because, it's something that we shouldn't need. Maybe we were told that that we were just here to serve and we don't need to take, we should take care of others. And we have this misguided truth that, of course, yes, service is important, but it's not that we need to do that at the sake of our own self, right? God wants us to take care of ourselves and nourish ourselves so that we can pour ourselves out fully to others. So these are all questions in many ways, and are kind of entangled up with those questions of, am I loved and am I accepted? Or how am I loved and I accepted? A lot of these questions have to do with our worth and our identity. And so for me, one of these core stories that I have that I am have had to work at getting to the root of in my subconscious, and I'm continually finding new layers, unfortunately, to, to peel off, and that's normal. That's just how this works. My story is, I feel like um, growing up, I got attention from my parents by achieving and by getting good grades. And um, my dad worked a lot, and I felt like um, 
one way that I was able to get his attention was to, to, like I said, to achieve. And again, no fault to my dad. He was taking care of our family. That's an honorable thing. But somehow in my childhood brain, I got it in my mind that in order to be loved, I had to work. I had to do something. And so this was why I found myself, again, looking back now on it, I didn't know this then, but as a teen, why I wanted to wear designer clothes, why I wanted to be in the popular crowd, because I wanted to feel accepted and loved by others. And I thought I had to do certain things. And again, I wasn't thinking this, but these were the stories I had begun to be built up inside of me. And this was why I always needed to have a boyfriend as a teen, because I didn't feel worthy unless I was valuable to someone else for you know whatever reason. I wasn't valuable and accepted just for being me. Now, I was not a Christian as a teen, too. That played a big part of it here. But you can see how these stories, and these stories especially having to do with with my worth, with my success, needing to succeed, needing to achieve in order to be valuable, that was always ingrained in me. So it was this concept of doing, being valuable for doing things, not for just being. And so I've been working with my coaches to do a lot of introspection in this area and to see where this came from. And I can see the patterns of it in my whole life. Some of them have been subtle and some of them have been not so subtle, but it's really amazing to go back and to just see that thread played through all these things and why I, and how, I guess, I have attached my worth to my success in certain things or my failure in certain things. And I, I guess because I learned early on that if I did enough or I did the right things, then I could be liked and even loved by people. I could feel worthy. I could feel whole, right? And so when my coach came out and said to me that I had attached my identity to my worth, I immediately said, well, no, I, I know who I am in Christ, right? I know my worth is in Him. I mean, that's what we're supposed to say, right, as Christians. And that's what I, I truly did believe. But what were my actions showing? What was really going on and what had I allowed to really be what was running the show, right? I found that when I my identity changed, when my titles changed, right, when I attached myself to like um, a work project or a certain activity and that didn't turn out the way I wanted to, or if I somehow wasn't getting enough attention from somebody because in the way that I thought, or my expectations weren't met because of, I thought I was doing everything I was supposed to. And then they came in and said something that, you know, upset me. I didn't get enough attaboys, things like that. I mean, it's just like, I saw that I felt somehow, it, if I really was honest with myself, I got down to that core story of, I'm not worthy. That because this project failed or didn't achieve what I thought it was, or because this person responded differently than I thought, even though I had done everything I was supposed to. Like something is wrong. There's this, this disconnect. Again, I am a woman who is obviously well-versed in the promises of God and of who I am in Him. I'm, and you know, if you are a Christian, I'm guessing you've heard those too. But this is, that what, this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is that dissonance that's in us that we are just struggling with, so many of us. Because we have these stories that need to be unraveled and understood. And once we do that, once we see what those stories are and see the root of them, see the thoughts that they cause every day, then we can rewrite them. That's what's so exciting is that we can not literally go back and relive those stories because that's not really what's happening. It's, again, these are programs that are just going in our brain all the time, being used as filters 
for us to understand and process our world and to get those questions answered. How am I valuable? And the subconscious doesn't know right or wrong. It doesn't know, oh, it's wrong to think like this and it's right to think like that. It just knows what it's told. And it is those things or those stories, those beliefs are formed when we have a thought we continue to repeat it, and we even they're even more strengthened when we add emotion to it. So a thought plus an emotion equals a belief. And then a belief or a story builds the decision that we make. The decision builds the actions that we take, and the actions build the results that we get in our life. So you can see how very quickly when we, the brain, again, is being efficient and saying, well, if it's this person is repeating this thought over and over, this must be what it wants me to do. So when I come across this issue again, this is how I'm going to process it. So the good news is, is that we understand how these processes are made in the subconscious when we have issues of, again, how our, our teen brain or our childhood brain processes trauma or processes just anything in our world. And we all have these stories. When we know how that works, we can use that same process to rebuild new highways, new processes in our brain that says, no, this is where my worth is. This is where my truth is by going back and reprogramming those thoughts and reprogramming those beliefs. And that is what I do in my coaching with my clients. I lead them through a very specific step-by-step process from the brain training that I've received that has been proven to go back and rebuild those new highways so that we can begin to really believe, really live in that truth. And again, once we have those beliefs, again, beliefs create the decisions that we make and the decisions create the actions and the actions create the results. So we are literally able to change our results change how we interact with this world, change how we process what happens around us by going back and adjusting and rewiring these stories. So this is something, this is the work that I have been doing layer by layer, and it is a slow unraveling because there are so many pieces here and there are so many things that touch it. And again, I see this in the women that I coach. I see this, right? And you know, again, I had this story in my head that that worth, love, and acceptance came through doing and achieving, and that flies in the face of what God says, that I don't have to do anything to receive worth. And I, we can believe it, but I could, we still see it coming out in our lives because we never get to this core story. So you can, again, just kind of do this on a surface level and say, no, I choose to believe it. Well, it's not just deciding to believe it. It's really going back and, again, through these, these models that I have that I've learned to, to really find the words that we need that are going to combat and, and, and get rid of what is there. And it's a specific process to do that. And so what's great about this, of course, is that Jesus says that this truth, this is pure truth, who we are, our identity in Christ. When we have that truth, that truth sets us free. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately, that we want to live free. We want to live a vibrant life. John 10.10 10 says, I've come so they may have life, may have life to the fullest. That is the, the scripture behind this entire work that I do online with women. But we also forget sometimes that living fully into our life as Christian women means fully believing the promises that he has, that it means leaving behind those things that have held us back. How can we run a race with endurance, as it says in Hebrews, when we have a ball? 
attached to our leg, right? A ball and chain dragging behind us. We can't run that race with endurance that the Lord has marked out for us. We can't. And if God has made us in this way and He views us in these ways as worthy just because of who we are, as accepted by Him, then it is a sin, quite honestly, to live our lives in any with any other filters going on besides that truth. And that was really convicting to me when I when I really realized that that I was diminishing the power of God in my life because I had allowed these filters, these these beliefs, these stories to run. And again, I want to say that we don't need to feel bad about these stories. We all have them. We all have these things that have happened to us that have shaped how we view our reality. The thing is, is these stories are evidence of our brain being smart to protect us. It's It was a way for our brain to close the loop. The brain does not like to have open questions. So it's like, well, okay, so in order for me to, f- I'm, it's asking these questions. How do I feel loved? How do I feel accepted? How do I feel enough? Okay, well, to feel enough, I do this. This is what I've learned, right? It's always trying to do that. And so these stories were formed as a way to keep you safe. And as a way for your brain to just figure out the world around us. And when we were young, these stories served us, right? But we are adults now, and we are women who want to move past these. We want to move deeper into this place that God has for us. And so these stories aren't serving us anymore. They're holding us back, right? Again, like that race, we got that ball and chain attached to our leg. We're going to do fine for a while, but eventually they will eat away at you. And that's what I've noticed as I, before, before I started working on these things in my life was that they, I felt like I could always achieve a certain level of contentment and success in my life. But there was, there was just that ceiling that was happening, right? Because it just felt like I wasn't able you know, if something didn't quite work out right, then it was a failure, you know, or, or it just, it just, it, there was always something like I needed more to be validated or to, to feel worthy. And I was thinking the other day, you know, that this is part of that strategy that the enemy uses to take down Christians because there really is two key strategies that he uses. First, he tries to convince us that what God says isn't true. I mean, like he did with Eve in the garden with the apple. He said, did God really say that you weren't supposed to eat that apple? Is that what he really said? You know, so he encourages us first to try to 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 twist the truth. Like, do you really believe that God says that? You know, so he tries to get us to question God's truth and gets us to turn. But if that won't work, then he's patient. He'll use that slow, long process of just planting half-truths, letting these stories kind of sit in our subconscious and do their work, letting them simmer. And again, using the good things that the Lord has created, which in this case is the subconscious and the ability to streamline and to make our brains efficient and, and to work the way they, you know, in a, in a powerfully good way, he twists it in a way that it is slowly destroying us from the inside out so that our identity in Christ, when we come to realize and accept and hear these words that Christ says who we are, even if we can believe them, they're slowly stripped away one micro bit at a time, subtle and slow, because it's just this 
constant programming that we now see evidence of in our life. Well, oh yeah, well, that failed. So obviously I'm not good enough at this. And so I need to work harder to get to this next place. Or this person rejected me. So then really I must not be worthy of love. I mean, all of these things that we tell ourselves. So again, it's more than just listening to something over and over and believing it. It is more than just repeating something. We have to dig up and understand, really get to the root of these stories in their entirety, where they came from, what they're specifically saying, and how we see them crippling us. And then once this is all out, we can completely rewire these thoughts to be God's truth about who we are. We can literally change the neuropathways and create the thought process we need. You will not be able to get past these issues, friend, unless you go to that subconscious level and begin rewiring these stories because, again, our brain has protected itself and it wants to keep us safe. So I want to help you with this. If this is an area that you really struggle with, and I know there is a lot of us that struggle with this area of feeling worthy and really just not understanding why? Why don't I just believe it? Why can't I just accept that God loves me how I am and that he's got good plans for me and that I'm worthy to spend time with him? All these things that I hear from women all the time. Why can't we just accept it? I don't believe that hearing it again and again in church is ultimately the answer. I don't believe that just reading it over and over is ultimately the answer. And that's because, again, of course it's good to read God's truth. I'm Please hear me. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is we have to remove this filter that's blocking it from going deep and get rid of it so that when we read God's word, when we hear people say, girl, you are worthy, period, not for what you do, but because you are God's daughter, then we can really believe it. That's the place I want to get you to, friend, because when you do that, the entire world opens up for you. Imagine what you could do if you were freed to live every moment of your life based on truly understanding and accepting the amazing woman that you were made to be in Jesus? What if you could live like that? What if you could really believe these promises that God says for you? That is what this kind of reversal, this reframing can bring you. That's what I see. It's setting captives free, setting you free to walk into those good plans that He has for us that talks about in Jeremiah 29, 11. Setting us free. We have to be set free fully. And so many of us are caught in bondage. And friend, I want to help you out of that. So if this is resonating with you, I would love for you to go to the coaching page and fill out an application to see if this is something that might be a good fit for you, if it would be a good fit for us to work together in coaching. And the coaching, the life coaching that I do is Christian-based. And it's based on, again, these brain techniques that we can use to reverse the core subconscious issues that are causing it without digging, you know, yes, we're going to talk about some issues in your past, but as a life coach, my job is not to focus. It's not, it's not to be a counselor and to dig up all this stuff and to keep reliving it. We look at these things enough to see where does the story come from, and then we move forward. And then once we are beginning to rewire these thoughts, then we look at what are the amazing strengths that God has given you so that we can help you walk in that life that He has for you. That's the gift that I want to give you. So I would encourage you, if this is resonating with you and you want help uncovering those stories, go to vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash coaching to learn more about this process, to fill out an application, and we can go from there. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I pray that this encouraged you, that you got an understanding of maybe why it is so hard, 
for you to understand that you're worthy, that you are accepted in Christ. Friend, again, I pray that if this is something that you need help with, let's talk because I want to help you. I want to help you get to this next place. It's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place. It's the place that God wants us to be at, to be set free. All right, friend, have an amazing week. I will chat with you soon. See you back here next week. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you are encouraged or inspired by what was shared today, I would love it if you could take two seconds and leave an honest review on iTunes. I love hearing from you, and these reviews help others find the podcast. And of course, be sure to subscribe to the show if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode. Bye for now, and I will see you back here next week.